Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Value Stocks podcast with your hosts, Felix Nothnagel and myself, Alex Middleton. Today is October 11th, 2018, and we are talking about NVR stock, symbol NVR on the New York Stock Exchange. Current market cap for NVR is $8.6 billion, and enterprise value is $12.4 billion. And the closing share price as of today was just under $2,300. All right, so let's get started, Felix. What do they do? They're in the home building business. They're about the fourth largest uh, home builder in the U.S. And they also have a small mortgage business that's mostly about complementing their home building business, helping to sell homes. But it's not, it's like, I know somewhere between five and 10% of their profits, it's small. Mm -hmm. So I consider them a home builder, basically. And they operate uh, uh, in the northeast of the U.S. mostly, and their big, biggest markets are around Washington and Baltimore. Right. So not like massively growing markets, but they have, uh, you know, they have the number one position there, and in most of their markets they have number one, number right. two. So they have, they have good competitive like, positioning just uh, based on their size. Yeah, I think uh, 23% of their revenue was earned in the Washington, D.C. area, and 9% of their revenue was earned in the Baltimore area. And then 30% of their earnings was Washington, 11% were Baltimore. So fairly concentrated, uh, what you would think, for the fourth, for the fourth largest home builder in the United States. Yeah. It's, it seems pretty concentrated in a small area. Yeah, I think it's probably because that, that industry is so fragmented. Right. Yeah. Low barriers to entry and uh, it's pretty easy just to subcontract the construction of a house. Do you own any of the stock, Alex? No, I don't. Yeah, me neither. Um, how did we come across that stock? I think uh, we, we both read a 100 baggers book by Christopher Mayer. That's and, right, yeah. And I believe that stock was mentioned in there. And I don't know, was it four or five years ago we, we read it? Yeah, it could have been four or five years ago. I've forgotten. Actually, I forgot that that stock was in the book and you reminded me of it. I focused uh, more on, uh, I remember General Finance Corporation uh, from that book, which I've been following for about a year or two now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I forgot about NVR. But there, there was a... You know, you, in the value investing at our world, you hear NVR uh, brought up quite often, and especially more more recently because of the the stock drop. Okay. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it dropped like what, like thirty percent, probably. Almost forty percent now. From thirty five hundred to thirty seven hundred was the oh, that peak. High. Yeah. Okay. And then how it's yeah, just under twenty three hundred. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I got interested when it dropped to like 2600 like a couple of weeks ago I was like okay let's look at that and mm -hmm. in the meanwhile it dropped another 300 um, it's I find it's interesting because it's a very differentiated business model there's not right. many companies or pretty much no companies that that employ the same business model in the home building and to me it's kind of similar like how Southwest Airlines has done really well in the airline business which airline business just a crummy business but they have managed to do really well right yeah and they seem to have a sustainable competitive advantage southwest so i find nvr is kind of similar like that and i find it interesting right yeah okay um 
what do you like about the company? Well, for this, the same things you just mentioned, uh, well, you didn't mention them yet, but you, there's a few, quite a few things that NVR does that is quite different than, than industry. So they are very capital light, so they don't generally buy huge parcels of land and, and have them in inventory for a number of years. They, they sign contracts for options on those lands with, I think, 10% down. Uh, deposit is it the max? I think max, it's like yeah. somewhere between three and ten, right? The which they could lose if, probably yeah. six or seven percent or so. Yeah, which they could lose, and and if they decide not to pursue buying that land, but I think if you look back at the history of their financials going through the financial crisis, that you know they lost a lot of revenue, uh, but they always squeezed out a profit, and that's because of their capital light business and. Um, they were the only builder that right. didn't yeah. lose money in 2008. And, that, and that, that strategy probably costs them some opportunity on the upside during the booms because you probably have a bunch of land, people who own the land or, or develop land who don't need to, to sign option contracts with, with home builders because the market's hot. So, but it, it's, it's pretty... Um, admirable to, to, to see a company that can stick to that type of strategy even in the hot markets and not uh, pursue you know so kudos to management about that yeah I think so yeah um, what do I else do I like about um, yeah I don't know what do you like yeah. about the company um, <laughs> well if you look they've uh, over the last 20 years annually they grew revenue 9% per mm-hmm. year they grew earnings per share at uh, 22.5%, yep. and the share price is up annually 27%. Yeah. Might be a little bit less now. I, I don't know when I did the calculations. Maybe it was a $2,500 share price, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, revenue, okay, so they, they, they managed to uh, expand their business. I guess the bigger builders will take more and more market share. Mm-hmm. Makes sense that the industry is consolidating. Um, that the earnings per share grew faster as they, they kind of put all the earnings back into share buybacks. Yeah. So, and then also they, from 20 years ago, their margins kind of expanded. I think they went, um, I don't know, in 2005, six, this were when they were the highest. Now they are kind of, I think, at a sustainable level or like I don't expect them to be much higher than they are right now on average, but also not much lower. They're I think at about seven, eight percent or so now. But uh, basically, that margin expansion twenty years ago, they had like two percent margin, so that helped in, in increasing the earnings quicker, earnings per share quicker than their their revenue growth. Uh, and then uh, I guess that was also a P multiple expansion, so the share price. Uh, increased even faster so I mean like if you do 27% annually over like 20 years you have an insanely successful stock which I don't think they will do that going forward I I can't see that at all but basically for the reasons just mentioned but it it definitely makes the company interesting when you see that kind of performance and then the stock price dropping recently. Now also, uh, yeah, the return on asset, return on equity is mm-hmm. very good. Uh, I like that they sell their mortgages right away. Within 30 yeah. days, they're selling their mortgages, so good risk management. Uh, another uh, indication of good risk management is that they run without any debt. Mm-hmm. Like 
kind of their minimal their, their long term debt and their cash balances out. So yeah, there's that's just good how they how they manage the balance sheet. And then also their yeah mentioned before like uh, number one typically sometimes number two or number three builder in the market, but they try to be number one gives them the advantage of being able to to go to uh, developers and uh, kind of buy parts or, or put options on parcels of land because right. they, they say okay like instead of selling the land to like a couple builders here and there I can option out this huge uh, amount of land like all these different parcels all at mm-hmm. once so so their strategy actually works I think partially because they're the biggest, the biggest buyer in the market yeah uh, yeah, that's what I had on, on positives. To, what, what are some of the risks or things that you don't like? Well, number one, I think, is it's a cyclical industry. Um, and they say that right out in the, their 10K cyclical industry. There's ups and downs. So you always, with those these types of companies, you have to know where you are in, in terms of the cycle. And, and you have to make sure you're not buying uh, at, the, at the peak of earnings. Um, with NVR, you know, it's the worst of, was in 2009, 2010 for them. And, and they really started, you know, getting traction on their recovery in 2015. And so now we're at 20 in 2018 and you're starting to see interest rates go up. Um, uh, household ownership is, you know, somewhere, it, you know, close to the long-term average around 64%. Um, so it's it's hard to say where we are in that in that whole cycle. So uh, and that's the same with any cyclical company too, right? And and a lot of, a lot of people fall in the value traps with those types of companies because you know the stock price falls down because everyone knows they're cyclical, but the the, the value met, the met, the metrics look really good because you know. But you have to account for a, a, a fall in earnings at some point. Um, yeah. So, and then you know, at the, in the downside of their uh, cycle, their revenue can go down by a third. Um, but the good thing is, I guess the NVR has shown that they're very uh, capital light, so they can still squeeze out a profit, which is amazing. When you lose your lose a third to a half of your revenue, you can still squeeze out a profit. I mean, I can't say there's too many oil companies that can probably do that or too many builders or too many builders exactly um so yeah and then the, so interest rates are rising home ownership's already at a, a pretty normalized level i would say unless there's like some specific reason you have or insight someone has that it's going back up to 69 to 70 percent like in 2005 2006 but i think that was probably influenced by uh you know, housing policies in, by the government at the time and different more loose financial loans. Um, so it's just a matter of of when the cycle goes down, not a matter of if. That's what I don't like about. Mm. Not necessarily NVR, but the industry itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know that that was my number one point. I think we... We talked about like a couple of weeks ago or so quickly brought up the options like mm-hmm. they're issuing a ton of options as well so right yeah that's ah, a cyclical is to me is a bigger issue the options is kind of you can deal with as long as they're uh, kind of 
getting like the financial returns for the shareholder. Mm -hmm. you, you put up with the amount that management pays themselves. But uh, yeah, on, on the on the cyclicality, I, I agree with you completely. I looked at it a little bit different in terms of like homeowner percentage. I, I looked at it from a home start, like that seems to still be below average. So it, even so like, okay, maybe the home ownership doesn't increase. It could be somebody else buying and then renting it out. So your percentage stays the same. But I think you could still uh, build more homes and, and people mm -hmm. live in them. But generally, I agree that, you know, we're probably more likely at the top of the cycle, especially you look at what happened in the stock market mm -hmm. the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, at some point, we will have a recession. Maybe these are the first signs of it. And uh, so that, that that's something to consider. Uh, I guess uh, the uh, interest rates going up. You mentioned that, and then the houses have house prices have been going up, so it makes it harder for people to buy. Uh, and uh, a labor shortage, tariffs, increasing material prices. There's been quite a lot that's been going against the industry in mm -hmm. recent months, and I think that's you see that in all the, sh the share prices falling significantly, especially mm -hmm. in the home builder. Uh, yeah, I guess we can also mention it's it's not in generally it's not the greatest business. It's not as terrible as like cars or airlines or something, but it's it's not a software business. No, yeah, and and I think the the fact is they're also like we said before they're approaching being one of the largest or they already are, already are one of the largest builders in the country, um, and the the bigger you get, the more difficult it is to replicate your model. Mm. and get bigger so I think I mean if you look at their growth rates in the past 20 years you're probably not going to see the next same growth rates in the next the following 20 years yeah yeah and that would, yeah for me it was my best best case assumption was kind of the same growth rates yeah but uh, more likely uh, a little bit less yeah um, what are your thoughts on management well I think yeah, I think uh, management's done a really good job. If you look at go back to the 1992 when they started coming out of bankruptcy, and see where they come from there, and, and their policy with uh, buybacks, um, and their discipline around just signing the, the, the contracts for land with options, um, I, that takes a lot of uh, discipline. To, to continue doing that over decades and 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 not, um, I guess, fall prey to just reaching for that last little penny during the peak of a cycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it seems like they really know what they're doing, and uh, I haven't seen it really. They haven't really swayed from that that, that type of strategy. Uh, so I think they're they're really good. I can't say specifically which managers that. Yeah, they I had, really like her. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they had two CEOs over yeah. that, that time period since 1992, and the current CEO has been there for the last I don't know since 2005 or so, so like yeah. 13 years or so. Um, and I guess the culture is there now since 1992. It's very consistent in the way they approach it: good risk management, good capital allocation, good revenue, nine percent annually. Yeah. Uh, and the annual reports are 
well written and, and transparent. So no issues. Yeah, they don't really do a lot of earnings calls or anything like that. But I, I think it's it, it's it's good. Like I I have a good opinion of management. Maybe they pay themselves a little bit too much. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, mode and competitors. Uh, the industry itself is, it, from my perspective, is pretty fragmented. Low barriers of entry. It's easy to get into. Um, there's advantages to scale. So uh, I agree. Generally, no barriers to entry. Really, I think uh, the business model is more nimble than competitors, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Uh, Mode and it, it, I'm surprised how other competitors haven't really taken on this uh, uh, mode. Oh, sorry, this kind of business model mm. of not uh, developing the land themselves, but just uh, putting options on it and then just building the house. So you, you know you can uh, turn over your asset inventory very quickly. And uh, I, I I read an interview somewhere where they asked. Uh, CEO like uh, from NBR why why the competitors aren't doing that and he said it's two reasons he believes and it was one was like you mentioned it's kind of like these these the other CEOs they want to they think they're good enough to speculate on on the property prices and that they can mm-hmm. squeeze out extra profits so it's some kind of uh, hubris or so mm-hmm. and then the other part is Maybe they're competing somewhere in an area like California with other home builders and mm-hmm. uh, somebody that's selling land. They just be like, "No, I'm not doing options." Right. So yeah. Um, so those those are the two reasons. And yeah, if if I looked I looked at a bunch of the biggest home builders and they all have uh, quite a bit of uh, inventory in their balance sheet. And, yeah. Um, their return on asset and equity are low. So. For some reason, this is the only company that's doing it. Um, and then, like you, like you said, sizes and mode, like you get better financing, you can get cheaper material prices. Uh, you can actually, your labor cost per, per home and uh, your sales and administrative costs on percent are lower. And you also have advantages uh, on when you acquire land. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you can sell a whole bunch, if you can just sell a whole big plot to to one one builder, you'll probably do that. Yeah, but then other, otherwise, still lots of competition in the industry, which maybe you know there's also some some opportunities I think for consolidation. Um, gross and free cash flow use. Hey, I like. I said that growth was limited, probably, well, not limited, but uh, it will slow over the next uh, 10 years or 20 years compared to what they did in the previous 10, 20 years. Um, but their, their capital allocation and, and cash flow, what they what they produce is, is, is being returned to investors um, somewhat indiscriminately with buybacks. They're not you know they're not uh, selective of when they're going to buy back their shares necessarily, but um, it, it's it's better than them investing in a project that's not going to make them money or or buying land speculatively, um, thinking it's going to go up. Or so I, I think they 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 allocate capital well, and then uh, it does add value to the stock. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I looked at that as well. Like, if mm. they, I, I wanted to check if they're uh, selective and when they buy back shares, and I didn't really see that. Also, yeah. in the last few years, they, they especially last year or so, they, they bought back less stock. So, mm. uh, but uh, in 2005 or six, when their share price was really high, they also bought back a whole bunch of stocks. So, mm. generally, I, I let. Generally, the company wasn't trading that expensively. It, tra- it traded a lot of a P of 10 and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, com- and at their gross rates and stuff, it completely made sense to buy back stock. But, yeah, maybe they could do a little bit better if they would time them, their buybacks a little bit better and not right. buy the stock when it's kind of expensive. But uh, over the last 20 years, they they had they had total earnings of 7 bit, I uh, know, of 6 point two billion and they paid out seven billion in share buybacks mm-hmm. so you can say pretty much more than a hundred percent like 110 percent or so of their earnings are spent on share buybacks probably going forward or mm-hmm. probably be the same still a hundred hundred percent or so yeah i think it's fine uh valuation yeah, so I guess today, if you use a diluted earnings per share, um, I think they're probably trading, well, when I did the calculation, it was P17 based on their diluted EPS. Um, I think, you know, like we mentioned, it was it, it's a cyclical company, so you could see their revenue go down by 50%, but that's, that's temporary, that's not what, I would think the intrinsic, intrinsic or what I base the intrinsic value of the business on. But I, when I was going through their financials, I thought normalized earnings could be anywhere between 300, 350 million. Um, and it could, they can probably justify having a multiple between 15 and 18 based on 1% growth in household formations, um, maybe 3% inflation, Maybe two to three percent market capture, you know, further market ca- capture, and then then you get probably a little bit more multiple based on their their good history of allocating capital to to buybacks and everything. So I think that would probably work out to um, an intrinsic value of for between four point five billion and six point three billion. Um, yeah. So and that and then that would work out to a share price between about twelve fifty and seventeen hundred dollars per share. Um, I, I think that earnings were probably a little bit uh, heightened right now because of interest rates uh, are likely going to probably keep going on. The Fed keeps on reiterating that they're increasing rates, and we're still below what uh, I guess long-term normalized interest rates would be. Um, formations and household ownership is is probably around where we are um you know historically so 64 65 percent um unemployment is is pretty low right now in the u.s Uh, and all those factors do influence you know consumer confidence and when they buy houses too um so I don't know. There's a lot of macro involved in, in analyzing where, where we are in a cycle, and, and we're definitely, or I'm not definitely not a macro guy. I'm not trying to make any macro predictions, but in terms of if I were to say if this was a baseball game, I would say we're a lot more likely in the last half of the baseball game than the first half, um, and so that's why I think the normalized earnings are, are probably 
around 300, 350, considerably lower what they are producing right now. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I came to a kind of forward P of 14. Their earnings kind of are projected to go up and they have been higher in the last half year and the tax cuts kind of help out. But then also you have to pay attention to, to use diluted shares. Mm -hmm. outstanding mm -hmm. because of all the options they're issuing yeah. so uh, and so you got I, th I think we agree on that one and I guess the recent stock price declines or so uh, kind of brought the PE ratio down I think it's maybe a fair price currently but you definitely don't have any mar uh, margin of safety mm -hmm. and um, yeah maybe it should be trading even a little bit cheaper I got to like I I use normalized earning of four hundred million. Right. Um, I guess uh, so. That so they have seven hundred million in earnings or so in twenty eighteen projected, and they had in their low they had a hundred million. So I, I think you're somewhere in between. I think that that low of a hundred million is really low because it was like a housing crisis. So. I, I don't think that, you know, if, if we're in a recession that the earnings would drop down all the way yeah. to 100 again, but it, it could be. But anyway, so I, I assumed like, let's say, 400 million in earnings and uh, 4 million shares outstanding or a little bit higher, but roughly $100 per share in, in earnings on a normalized uh, basis. Mm -hmm. And then I put a multiple of like 15 on it. And that would have come to one thousand five hundred per share, yeah. and that's I think the point where I would be interested in potentially buying. And uh, I would say at a thousand dollars a share, it, it would be cheap. It would definitely Very be cheap. Yeah. And uh, I think at a thousand, I, I would buy it if it would ever get that low. At a thousand five hundred, it kind of depends a little bit on what the rest of the market does, right? Right. If, if there's some other interesting stock, stocks also drop another 30% or so, um, then the <laughs> stock would be uh, maybe less uh, uh, kind of interesting comparatively. But mm -hmm. if everything kind of stays what, where it is right now and this drops to 1,500, I might switch out one of my positions or so. Right, yeah. Um, in terms of growth uh, from the, like maybe that... Uh, you know, kind of 400 million uh, level of, of normalized earnings. I said that uh, basically they, they grew their orders at about 5% per year over the last 20 years. Uh, I think they can probably keep doing that. Maybe it'll be a little bit less, but I think they will keep uh, uh, gaining market share and they will, I think uh, household formations over time will grow. Um, and then you also have like inflate like growth uh, through inflation. I I add like two percent or so. So I'm thinking uh, long term their revenue will grow probably at least five percent on the low end, like maybe three percent from new orders and two percent from inflation. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, maybe more likely I would say they they will. Uh, kind of grow their orders at like 5%, 2% inflation. So you're talking roughly like 7% growth. And then uh, from share buybacks, it depends a little bit how, how much they can reduce their shares outstanding, depending on the mm -hmm. PE ratio, right? Uh, so that would be another 
uh, kind of makes more sense to buy the shares at a lower price or like, mm-hmm. buy into the stock because you're also gaining a lot more from their share buybacks. But I, I figure that's somewhere between three and five percent annually. So total would be kind of like the annual growth, like uh, between eight and fourteen percent is what I came annually your your earnings per share grows and I kind of figured yeah like grow at like about 11 or 12 percent so I guess I'm a little bit more optimistic mm-hmm. than you had but uh, I guess we kind of came to similar share prices and if you if you talk about uh, uh, one thousand five hundred dollars per share and there's four million shares outstanding so you're talking about a market cap of like six billion or mm-hmm. under so that's what, what I'm close, yeah. looking at yeah um, I would say, uh, yeah, consider that in 2005, they had 700 million in earnings and it dropped in 2008 <laughs> to 100 million and now we're back to 700 million in earnings. So it is very cyclical and uh, also uh, the stock price in 2005 was maybe 700, 800, maybe touched even 900 yeah. and then it dropped all the way down to 300 a share in 2008 so yeah if we're now looking at a share price of 1500 that's or 2500 yeah and they're selling like 20 percent more homes uh they bought back some shares but it's 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 not cheap for like you're looking the same kind of profit and this the stock was selling at like 800 900 dollars a share and dropped a lot yeah. and now it's at 2500 so it's it's something <laughs> to consider. What were we investing in back then? Huh? What were we investing in back then? <laughs> not, not, yeah. Well, it would have been nice to buy this stock in 2008, yeah. but uh, um, well, I think it's it, it's really a, a good company. Um, I think uh, uh, this not like downside in terms of like going bankrupt like some mm-hmm. other cyclical companies yeah. that go like that are based on resources or so that all of a sudden make heavy losses or right. even builders that have big inventory so but it might become really interesting if you get into a recession and their earnings drop and uh, people become negative on on builders i mm-hmm. think this could be a really good pick up this company yep uh, do you have any opinion on the downside or well, there's there's definitely uh, uh, obviously a downside. Um, it, just like you mentioned, it, it's safer than other companies because they're so uh, light on assets and capital, and uh, so so you don't see like a complete like loss of capital. Like no, but there's still down. Like I guess short term downside risk for if you're someone who's looking five years horizon for yeah. for for your investments and you're looking to spend that money in five years you probably just want to stay <laughs> yeah that's right um if you're a long-term investor you've got 10 20 years in your eyes and then you you're not going to lose your money and if you buy at 1500 or or 2000 yeah. you, you 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 still might do okay if you hold on long enough but um it's cyclical, right? So when it goes down, everything else goes down too. All all other cyclical companies, car companies are going to go down. All other housing companies are going to go down. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities, not just NPR. There's going to be other opportunities out there as well. Um, so it's, it'll be a different environment. 
But yeah, I don't think you're gonna have a complete wipeout of your. I mean, we, yeah. that, that's the conclusion that yeah. I came. It is a well-managed company. Yeah. See this company going bankrupt, but uh, I definitely see that there's potential for the big cut in the share price, even from today's levels. Yeah. Not saying that it's like super overpriced right now, but yeah, there's a recession. I think that this, this is one of the stocks that will be hit harder. Should generally not be concerned about if you think a, a stock is a good price at a certain level. Yeah. You should never be concerned really if it's going to go down further, as long as you think the price you bought it is going to get you a, a, a an acceptable return going forward. But in this case, I think like you lose opportunity cost as well if it goes if you buy it at this level and it goes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah, no, that's. I think we agree somewhere yeah. around fifteen hundred dollars, where it kind of becomes interesting, and maybe a thousand dollars where it's cheap. Yeah. Where, yeah, where it's like okay, you know, maybe it's gonna have like three hundred dollars earnings per share in mm-hmm. ten years from now, and then you put a, a multiple of like fifteen on it, and you know, you're at a stock price of four thousand five hundred dollars. So. At current, you know, if you're paying two thousand three hundred, and in ten years you you might have four thousand five hundred. That's kind of meh. You know, it's it's good, but it's yeah. for for the time for the risk of it going also like dipping a lot further. The stock, mm-hmm. uh, I might not buy it right now. But yeah. if it comes to fifteen hundred or a thousand, and then I have the upside of being at forty five hundred in ten years, yeah. the stock price that it, it's a lot becomes a lot more interesting. I think right. at that yeah. point. Um, so would you say it's an above average business I would say it's uh, above average business uh, against its competitors in the industry that it is Um, management does really good they've managed the business well they're shareholder friendly Um, so but there are better industries out there as well Mm -hmm. so yeah I, I said yes yeah. So it's, it, I, I think it's it's better than the average business. Yeah, there's better industries, but uh, I think it's a good business at the right price. Mm-hmm. What do you think about price? Is it uh, below average? The price is it cheaper, or is it kind of on par? In terms of compared to other companies trading right now, I think it's I think it's it's better value than. A lot of stocks I've been in the, the market in general right now mm-hmm. um, it's probably closer to it. its intrinsic value than the S&P or uh, some staples companies like Coke which we talked about a few uh, podcasts ago um, yeah I, I said maybe yeah. it's, it, I think it's a little bit cheaper than a bunch of companies yeah. but it's it's still not at a price right now where I want to buy it. Even so, you know, like looking out 10 years, even if you buy it right now, I think you're probably going to get a decent return actually. But Did you look at any other home builders during this process? I, I, well, not in the same detail as this company, but, right. I, but I looked at, uh, you know, um, their kind of inventories. I looked at their return on asset equity yeah. over the last 10 years. I think I forwarded you an article that kind of had a nice summary on, on all the home builders, on all their returns. And they had like multiple years where they had losses around 2008 mm-hmm. and negative return on asset and equity, all of them. Right. 
you know, like three, four years or so yeah. negative. And, and this company was positive throughout. So, yeah. I, so, I, so I did look a little bit comparatively and the other ones really don't interest me. They are mm-hmm. trading at cheaper P multiples right now, but yeah. Um, I, I, w- I would tend to buy up for the quality of this business if right. I would want to yeah. own a home builder. It would, Assuming I'm pretty down sure if they all proportionally go down, or yeah. somewhat proportionally to the rest. I think they're all considerably down from their uh, their highs. So, like I looked up, you know, Toll Brothers, KB Homes, Lenar, and Dr. Horton. They're all Pulted. down. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you look, their sh- like all of these companies, the share price right now is roughly in line of what their share price was in 2005. Mm-hmm. So basically, they do not create any shareholder value in, in the last 10 years. Or maybe they did a little bit, but because they were overvalued in 2008. But yeah, yeah just the home builders generally, they kind of tend to go bankrupt, tend to struggle, slow returns on equity. Uh, low returns on invested capital um, so but but not this company yeah this company is just continuously doing well found a way to, year, to yeah after year, so. no, that's good yeah. uh, what what would you rate the business like on a 1 to 10 kind of scale or your interest level uh, as an investment opportunity I would say 6 out of 10 right now I mean, it's definitely a good business. Um, I'm going to keep on tracking it uh, going forward, um, but right now I'm not going to invest in it. That's exactly uh, yeah. I, that's exactly my thought, and I gave yeah. it a six as well, instead yeah. of ten. So yeah. keep tracking it. Good business. Uh, likely to buy. Both of us know, um, and. A good price for the business we both figure around 1500 but then depends what other opportunities they are and yeah i don't know a thousand you said 1200 or so you think it would be a good price start for looking at it yeah yeah okay. yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah look all, all depends on what else is out there at the time and what what do you think has the most up, upside with the least amount of downside and uh yeah, generally when home builders are down, there's a lot of uh, other stocks that are down as well. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. Any any other comments about this company? No, I don't think so. At the, uh, one thing that maybe stood out to me a little bit was uh, that their cancellation rates of like, uh, homes being purchased uh, were like 12% in 2004, 2005, and then it jumped up to 19% in 2006, and then it went as high as 23% in 2008, and then since 2009, it's been pretty flat around 14, 15%. So mm-hmm. it looks to me like kind of a typical cancellation rate for them is about 14, 15%, and then 12% is maybe heated market. And when you see like cancellation rate of 19% or so, mm-hmm. that uh, kind of gives some indication, uh, you know, that there's some kind of economic trouble brewing and, right. and pay attention maybe. So so if you, if you own the stock right now, then uh, 
probably pay pay attention to kind of the cancellation rate and <laughs> look if there are new orders going down. I, I'm sure so the leading indicator or a lagging indicator. Uh, the stock price started dropping already, yeah. but it went yeah. a lot lower. Like you know, I think the stock price hit its low in like 2008 or so. So. Uh, People like stock prices start dropping at around that time, mm. but uh, so I would say it's, it's leading. Yeah. But the stock price was already dropping in like yeah. two thousand six or so. So, but anyways, I would pay attention to it when if I would own the stock. Um, I compiled uh, like the last twenty years of financial data in an Excel file and. Did like ROA calculations, ROE uh, margin, net profit margins. So if anyone's interested, they can send us an email and we can forward that that whole file, that whole Excel file. That's about all I had. It's generous of you. But why not? Someone's interested in looking at it. it took me took me quite a while. That's to, right. To go through all the why should anyone reports. have to go through that? Well, it's good exercise to do it yourself too, yeah. though. You get a little. I find you get a lot more uh, benefit when you actually, uh, though it's manual and a lot of work. Uh, it's yeah. you get a lot more benefit if you do it yourself too. Yeah, you 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 do open like different annual reports like. Yeah. over all the years I didn't read through every single report like or I didn't read the whole report for every single year mm-hmm. but uh, definitely as you kind of go through and you're like scrolling and looking for data you, you kind of come across different information and different yeah. reports so yeah um, yeah that's all I had good yeah if, if anyone wants to any feedback on the podcast? We we love to hear back from listeners. Um, I think our emails on the is on the anchor or well, it's it's in the in the podcast description. Okay, yeah. So yeah, feel free to email us and uh, look forward to hearing from you and uh, look forward to our next episode. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Disclaimer: This podcast does not constitute investment advice. It is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Do your own due diligence and use the information provided at your own risk.